Good afternoon from East Africa. But we have been having a great time. The last two weeks we talked about the sound mind. Uh, we did a series teaching on a sound mind from Second Timothy chapter one verse seven, which has brought us to what we will be sharing today, interrelated. Not exactly the same, but we learned so much concerning having a sound mind. Uh, the scripture said in that Second Timothy 1, 7, then that God did not give us a spirit of fear. So we dealt with the elements of fear, but he gave us a spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. We talked about the elements of the sound mind. On Sunday, I was winding up that teaching by showing us what was in a poll that was done in 1982 in the U.S., a nationwide poll on the common characteristics of the people who had a, a better or a healthy self-esteem. And so we went into that and bring us to the place where we need to grow ourselves to the place of proper self-esteem. If we're going to have healthy minds and a balanced mind, then we will have healthy lives as well. But out of the out of the seven to eight points that I gave, the factors, the characteristics that I gave on the Sunday night, uh, it generally came out that people who have a healthy self-esteem mostly value the soft things, not, not really the hard things. So they don't put too much emphasis on material. They put emphasis on things like relationships. They have a good relationship with God. And then they've got strong family relationships. And they're always looking at things from the point of the intangibles. They are more of givers than takers. And so as we looked at that, then we got to this place where today I've got to teach us about this. Because in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18, God said, It is not good for man to be alone. After he had made man and uh, he breathed into man and man became a living soul and man started going out over there working and fulfilling his assignment and his purpose using his mind then god said it is not good for man to be alone i taught that it is it is the spirit do give access to certain spirits to operate in that mind and influence the state of that man so the state of the mind is the state of the man in one way the spirit the spirit or rather in one way the mind of loads of loads in the spirit that's where you have your vertical relationship that when you have relationship with god when you have the sound relationship with god and with his spirit then you have a place where the mind can offload the mind was not supposed to bear all kind of pressure it's supposed to be a conduit and it's supposed to be an interface between the natural and the spiritual the natural and the supernatural it's supposed to be an interface it's not supposed to be anything that you know it's it's not supposed to be a storage so worry and anxiety come in when the mind begins to store more than it should it's supposed to just release now one of the ways of dealing with the mind and bringing it to the place of balance i'm just trying to put together things i always i'm accused of when i start getting back into doing a recap we will spend so much time so i don't want to do too much of the recap but when when paul talks about having a sound mind the greek connotation for that was having self-control 
having self-control, having moderation. The word is sophronismos, which is having self-control and having moderation and having balance. So when he says God has given to us the spirit of love, of power, and of a sound mind, he says God has given to us the spirit of love, of power, and of sophronismos, which is uh, self-moderation, self-control, moderation, and balance. If you're going to have this balance and not lose it, one, you've got to have relationship vertically with God. That's this, the spiritual part that we have dealt with a lot. But then now today we're going to go into the part of the horizontal relationship. Because it is important for you to have proper relationships if you are going to be sound in your mind. Glory be to Jesus Christ. So uh, Mary Joseph tuned in from Meru. Uh, Winston Churchill Okore tuned in. Jerry Mary tuned in as well Geoffrey Emungat watching Calvin Connell watching Donald Komoro watching as well um, and and uh, Ernest Jakinda watching as well I hope that the sound is all right I see somebody who's asking about the sound I hope that the sound is all right glory be to God so I want to go to the scriptures uh, right away I want to get to the scriptures right away if you would let's go to the scriptures in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18 um, and it may not start with verse 18 we start with around verse 15 Genesis chapter 2 Genesis chapter 2 and from verse 15 the scripture says and the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So he took the man that he had formed and he put him in a place of assignment. And he gave him an assignment. Verse 16, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you shall eat thereof you shall surely die. And the Lord God said, it is not good. It is the Lord God who said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. Now verse 19, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them and whatsoever adam called every living creature that was the name thereof and adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air to every beast of the field but for adam there was not found an help meet for him for adam there was no companion and so the lord god caused a deep sleep to fall upon adam and he slept and took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Adam had his assignment, he had his function already he had a place of purpose and i'm not talking marriage i'm just talking generally relationships that each and every one of us will need to understand that we need functioning relationships if we are going to be sound if we will be sane and if we will be fine now adam had his place of function he had this garden that god had put him in 
he has his highest uh, highest peak he was at his highest peak in terms of his mentality his creativity he was somebody who was so innovative and creative that god agreed with everything that he said concerning the naming of the animals and the creatures partly also because the spirit was what was running the mind we've talked about this but i will just share it a little bit again that the mind is subject to the spirit so that when we talk about renewal of the mind we have to have the spiritual aspect of it i say that intellect without spirituality is vanity and leads to depravity if you have intellect and there is no spirituality to it it will lead to depravity because the mind was never supposed to function on its own the mind is supposed to be a creative organ and an organ for dominion for man on the earth but that is supposed to be under the leading of the spirit of god romans chapter 8 and verse 14 the scripture says as many as are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god so there is the aspect of the leading of the spirit what is it that the spirit leads he does not lead your flesh he leads your mind he leads your soul he leads your essence he leads your appetites that's the part of us that needs to be led because your body is reactionary your body is reactionary to stimuli that us that that will have your system your mind and your emotions react to so your body reacts to what your mind reacts to if you see a picture of food and you are hungry at that particular point it is your mind that will capture that picture and then send a message to you and then you begin to produce certain enzymes that are going to help uh, and, and catalyze and cause you to begin to feel hungry because you will want to go for whatever you have seen now your body is responding to what your mind has sent uh, that happens even with the matters like of lust because you will have seen somebody looking in a certain way then your mind will pick up that and send that message and your body will react so your body is something that is reactive your spirit does not lead your body your spirit leads your mind your mind leads your body the state of the man is the state of his mind if you get his mind correct you will get the man correct if you get his mind thinking well and he has proper mentality and he's got a good self-esteem and he has a good view of god and a good balance on the things of life and he is not thinking too highly of himself or not worrying himself and stressing himself about too many things the body just follows that's why again we will say this that if your mind is healthy then your body will be healthy the scripture says in romans 12 and verse 3 that no man should think more than he should think if you can bring that balance in your mind your body will be fine so the body is not what is led by the spirit it is your mind your soul the napash the appetites of the man that are brought under the government of the spirit of god Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1, the scripture says, If you then be risen with Christ, set your mind above uh, where Christ is seated and not on the things that are on the earth. It is your mind, ladies and gentlemen, it is your mind that brings in this pursuit. It is your soul. I'll keep on using that interchangeably, but as we established, the Hebrew word is the same. So it is your mind that has this pursuit. In Romans 7, 25, it says, It is with the mind that we serve God. So it is in the mind that there is this pursuit. Whoever then controls the mind controls the man. It is the power that even uh, 
even dictators will know if they can control your mind either by controlling information anybody that wants to keep you in bondage just needs to control information the moment they control information they control your ability to think your ability to reason your ability to see by doing that they keep you in bondage they don't have to chain you if they can just limit your perspective of life if they can just limit your perception if they can just make sure you don't have information that you need to make better decisions they will control you because whoever controls your mind controls your life scripture tells us that we need to be meditating on the word of god so that our minds are controlled by the word of god so psalm 1 and verse 3 the scripture says he's like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water but in verse 1 it says blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the way of the sinners or no sits in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the lord and upon it does he meditate day and night what is this meditation about it is so that your mind is influenced by the word of god remember in romans chapter 12 and verse 2 the scripture says and in the new living translation it has a very 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 interesting uh, aspect to it he says let god change your life let god transform you and change your life by changing the way you think so even god changes your life by changing the way you think if he can change the way you think if he can change how you uh, what you value your value systems if he can just uh, reorganize your mind and cause there to be different priorities your life will totally change so he says let god allow god to just change you by changing how you think you change how a man thinks you have changed the man you change how a mind a man thinks you have changed the man so if if we are going then to have this pursuit then the pursuit will be in the mind now god and his spirit will come after your mind and influence shape renew your mind model your mind then your mind will model the body glory be to jesus christ so if anything then goes wrong in the place of your mind and your soul if anything goes wrong over there everything else will go wrong witches understand this very well that they do not need to come after what you're doing they just need to come after your mind and if they can make you either lose memory or lose the ability to make sound judgment or lose the ability to desire to, to design or to decide things then they know that your life is totally and completely affected now god wants us to have soundness god wants us to have soundness now i'll go back to romans chapter 12 and verse 2 in the new living translation it says don't copy the behavior and customs of this world but let god transform you by changing the way you think don't copy but let god let god change you by transforming the way you think when you copy certain things especially if they're not the right things they weigh your mind down they weigh your mind down eventually you need to guard your mind Rome, sorry proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 the scripture says trust in the lord with all your heart and in all your ways acknowledge him he says do not lean on your own understanding but so that he shall direct your path do not lean on your own understanding because your mind was never supposed to be the ultimate leader you are not supposed to be completely led by your mind you're supposed to be led by the spirit through your mind you're supposed to be led by god through your mind in that place you find your initial and foundational balance because the mind was created to submit under god 
when Adam was totally submitted to God, his mind was functioning at its apex. When he was submitted to God, his mind was functioning at its apex. Because the Spirit of God would release God's creativity in the mind of Adam. He did not need to struggle to think about what to call the animals and the creatures because whatever was in the mind of the spirit was being revealed to the mind of Adam. The mind of the spirit and the mind of Adam was one. It was so one that whatever God thought Adam would speak. Remember, Jesus came as the last Adam and he says whatsoever I hear that do I speak. He says, I do not do anything or judge anything by myself. John chapter 5, verse 29, verse 30. He says, I can of my own self do nothing. What I see my father doing, that's what I do. I judge as I hear. So Jesus, being the last Adam, coming in the form that the first Adam came in, was so one that John 10, 30, he says, I and the father, we are one. In John 5, 17, he says, my father is working till now, therefore I also work. There was that unity. This kind of unity had only been experienced by Adam before the fall. There was such a unity that emanated from the spirit to the mind of this man that whatever Adam then would think would have been the thoughts of God coming in. In fact, their communion, the communion of Adam and God was meditative. It was a meditational communion. God was not coming in a physical form, but they were so one that God would visit Adam uh, probably and most most probably in his mind, in his meditation, in his thoughts, and they would have these conversations. They would be the download. They would be the download and the upload between God and man, because this man was created absolutely in the nature, the image, and in the likeness of God. So his mind, in terms of creativity functioned at its highest in the place of intelligence and intellect it functioned at it high at the highest imagination it functioned at its highest but then when you get to think about the soul again when the scripture says man became a living soul in genesis 2 verse 7 when it says man became a living soul when you bring the greek thinking to it and bring the element of suke it changes that a little bit it changes the meaning or the connotation a little bit because now it brings the elements which i've talked about of the emotions as well so you're talking about the emotion you're talking about the intellect you're talking about the thought you're talking about the memory you're talking about quite a number of things in there so the element of emotion man became a living soul his mind was all right intellect perfect his ability to remember is at the apex but then remember now his emotions were also alive the hebrew of it would call napash appetite so he also has a desire if i may break it down to a contemporary word he's got these desires so he was alive in his desires as well he has emotions he has feelings he not only has thought he has feelings in the garden at genesis 2 15 he's functioning perfectly when it comes to the matter of thought but then god looks at man and sees somebody whose mind is clouded by his purpose and his assignment and he has no outlet apart from god so god says it is not good that man should be alone he needs to express these feelings and emotions that he has to a being just like him he needs to have moments when he can relate with a being just like him who is physical in his realm 
of course, relating with God was perfect. But God also felt that for man to be satisfied in his soul, he had no problem in his spirit because his spirit, at this particular point, his spirit was perfectly in union with God. Man did not have sin in himself. Nothing separated him from God. So his spirit was absolutely functioning at the highest and that was influencing the mind. But then his emotions, which are tied to his flesh, were craving for something. His emotions, which are tied to his flesh, his appetite and his desires, which are tied to his flesh, were craving for something. And God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. Relationships are God's mind. Relationships were never a man's idea. They were never a man's idea. I better. I need to say it better. That relationships are God's idea. They were not man's idea. It's not man who came up with the thing. Man did not pray that he needed a helper. Man did not pray that he needed somebody else to hang out with. Man did not pray that there should be a partner or a wife or a spouse or something. It's God who looked at him, having understood how he wired this man, and he knew there is a part of man that can only be fulfilled if there is another man to relate with ladies and gentlemen you will not have soundness until you also have healthy relationships you will not have soundness until you also have healthy relationships sometimes people have worked on their spiritual life very well but they are still depressed they have a prayer life they feed on the word they serve god they have built up on their spiritual aspect they are grown they can hear god they are in tune they are prophetic they discern they dream whatever they say it comes to pass but then they have not allowed themselves to invest in relationships horizontally and so here they are packed with spiritual power but then they don't have emotional outlets for other things that they feel it became worse when adam fell because when adam fell the flesh became so alive it's not just that adam could see his wife's nakedness or eve could see adam's nakedness it is also that the flesh was no longer covered by the glory so the flesh became alive with all its appetites and there has to be a feeling of these needs and desires that God created in the man. Now, it's easy to feed your flesh when you talk about the physical body. It's easy to feed that because food will do that. But when it comes to your soul, when it comes to your emotions, it is relationships that feed that. It is relationships that feed that. Man was created to belong to a community. He was created to belong to a community. Before the woman even came, man essentially belonged to a community. What did God say? He says, let us make man. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. He said, let us make man. There was already a community. Well, whether it is the Father, the Spirit, and the Son talking or not, that is left that is some a matter of conjecture but what i know is that a plural word was used there's a community in there let us make man in our likeness and after in our image and after our likeness man was being created in the likeness of a plural form 
man was being created in the likeness of a plural form in fact the word god in genesis chapter 1 verse 1 in the beginning god that word god elohim is a plural term it is a plural term so it doesn't have it's like saying equipment you don't have to add an s for it to be plural it's like saying that's equipment so it's like advice no matter how much it is it remains advice there's no advices it is advice it is a plural term it it sounds singular but it's a plural term so the word elohim is in the same way the word elohim is a plural term so man was created in the image of a community if i may use that word he was created in the image of a plural form that means that there's no way that man in singularity could display the wisdom of a plural god man in his singularity could not display the wisdom of a plural god this is still the same reason why god would give his gifts variously and diversely to different ones of us in even in the ministry and each one of us expresses an aspect of god because it is not possible except only in christ jesus it is not possible that one body would express the fullness of the godhead each and every one of us is an expression of a side and a facet of god in his wisdom in his knowledge in his power in his authority in his display so this man created in genesis 126 to verse 28 this man created in genesis 126 god says let us make man in our own image let us make man in our own image and after our likeness i'll prove it to you verse 27 of that genesis chapter 1 he says so god created man male and female created he them we are talking about genesis 1 male and female created he them he never created man to be isolated he never created man to be outside of a community man is a communal being right from the onset male and female created he them verse 28 he says and god blessed them them community and god blessed them and god said be fruitful and multiply replenish the earth and subdue it have dominion over the fish of the air over the fowl the fish of the sea the fowl of the air over the creeping things and over all the creatures so man was not created alone man was not created alone he was never created to exist and live just by himself that's why god says it is not good that this man is by himself he needs to talk to somebody ladies and gentlemen if you're going to experience wellness in your soul and wellness in your mind so that you have wellness in your life you must have relationships healthy and purposeful relationships in your life you were never created to be alone there is this common saying that no man is an island it's a common saying but the truth is that you are not even supposed to totally isolate yourself one of the reasons why people in this particular season will have high pressure levels people are having high stress levels it has been said and we talked about that several times about things like domestic violence going up depression levels going up is because when you pull men out of community there is a part of the man that is left the unattended to and the man cannot 
be complete. It is good for you to have a good relationship with God, but it is also important for you to have people that you relate with. You need solid relationships. You need friendships. You need not just business only, not just business partners. You need friendships. You need connections. You need family. You need fraternity because your soul has a longing for certain things. Every man Every woman has certain things that they crave for. Number one is the need for acceptance. They have a need for acceptance. Number one, acceptance. Every man and woman will want to be accepted. Nobody wants to deal with rejection. Nobody wants to deal with rejection. Everyone wants to be accepted. Number two, everyone wants to be acknowledged acknowledge they don't want to be ignored nobody loves to be ignored no matter how little it is that is where things like affirmation will come in everyone wants to be acknowledged somebody just wants to hear thank you somebody wants to hear oh it's good to see you over here because when they have offered themselves to you and into your space they do not want to feel like there's insignificance that they're insignificant they just want to be acknowledged it is important to know that this person is here number three everyone has a desire for accolade everyone wants to hear people clap for them and say well done so i'll say that again number three we three things number one the need for acceptance everyone wants to be accepted nobody wants to be rejected nobody nobody loves to be rejected nobody loves to be rejected nobody loves to be hated even the people who will tell you that they have developed thick skin people who are trolled every day you sit with them in private they will tell you it gets to them because man was not wired to be rejected man was wired for community everybody wants to be accepted so when people are hurt and are wounded and they begin to develop this thick skin and they put walls around them, what they're actually doing is they're protecting themselves from rejection. They're protecting themselves from hatred. They're protecting themselves from, from anger and from haters. And they're protecting themselves from people who are malicious. They just want to be accepted. So sometimes they've got to push themselves farther and farther and farther away from the people because they are not sure they will be accepted. Glory be to God. Number two, everyone wants to be acknowledged. There's nobody who wants to go through life as if they did not exist. Nobody wants to be anywhere that it looks like it doesn't really matter whether they're there or not. Everyone wants to be acknowledged because everybody's bringing something into life. Everybody's bringing something into life. They're either bringing their mind or their space, their personality, their gift. They're just bringing their presence. Everybody's bringing something. Uh, Anytime one of my sons is not home, anytime one of my children is not home, we will feel it. It doesn't matter how many of us are still in the house. If one is not in there, we'll be feeling like, so where is so and so? I'll walk to the house. Yesterday we finished the, uh, the broadcast. I went home. I'm looking for one of my sons. I want to find out where is he? Everybody else is at home and they're doing stuff. But there is still the part this person is going to play. It's not a job. It's not a contract. It's not that we were playing a game or something. But sometimes all somebody brings into a space is their presence, is their personality. And when that is missing, something is missing. Each and every one of us wants to feel that we are significant somewhere. We want to be acknowledged. Number three, we want to receive accolade. 
We want to receive accolade. We want to receive accolade. And so we will go, mostly, we will draw towards the place where we are cheered the most. Because you want to receive accolade. A child will come. I'll always use the analogy of children in the family setting because that relates with everybody. A child will come and will bring their drawing or their paint to a parent and say, Mommy, see what I've done or Daddy, see this. And they, all they want to hear is that you have done well. That's all they want to hear. Number, they want you to see it because they also know when you're just saying you've done well without looking at it. They want you to look at it and then say, wow, you have drawn well. They are looking for accolade. They were drawing by themselves. They were doing their own thing. They will come to you and they say, look at what I have done. Now, if you begin to ignore that child at that particular point and you don't pay attention to what they're doing, this child will become an adult who is always craving attention because they never got it as a child. They never received the accolades that they were looking for they were never acknowledged nobody cared whether they were in the house or not so they keep on growing craving for that this is why you find adults with crazy tantrums because they have never grown out of the place where they were as children they are still craving for that uh, acceptance they're still craving for that acknowledgement and they wish somebody would just give them accolades they wish somebody would say you dress well they wish somebody would say you are so intelligent they just wish that somebody would tell them that you work so hard it is terrible my god i didn't have to go there but i'll just go there it is terrible if somebody has grown craving for this and then they get married to a partner who acts like their parents who never ever ever shows that they acknowledge them and will never give them the accolade because now they are trapped in a relationship that does not feed their emotions and they don't know what to do and they're becoming worse so the only way to communicate is by throwing tantrums but let me stick back to that thing that i started man was created to belong to a community each and every one of us ladies and gentlemen needs a community each and every one of us you need a community of friends you need community of family each and every one of us needs a community you cannot even with this shutdown and this lockdown you cannot totally isolate yourself from people i don't even care what you call your personality type to be you need a community you need a community glory be to god you see science can only help to try and explain and understand what god has created so the scripture will always be superior to scientific thought god said it is not good that man should be alone you need a community my question right now to you is do you have a community do you have a community let's go to mark chapter 2 mark chapter 2 glory be to jesus mark chapter 2 Oh, hallelujah. Joyce Wenjiro tuned in. Emmy Joy, such a blessing as always. Glory be to God. Lee Ann Alexis, thank you for joining us. Faith Kyoko, Lizbeth, Sumu Gofua, God bless you as well. Pastor Rogers Seda, Aileen, God bless you. Uh, Reverend Godfrey. Webure, God bless you as well. Now, Mark chapter 2, 
Mark chapter 2 and verse 1. Again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, in, in so much that there was no room to receive him. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word to them. And they came to him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was carried by the four. And they could not come near unto him for the press of the crowd. They uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bedridden, uh, the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, not his faith, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the sick, Son, your sins are forgiven. So Jesus came into Capernaum, and everybody comes into the house, and he begins to teach them. And then four people come bearing one man. This was this man's community. <laughs> four people who were carrying one man. They knew that he did not have the capacity to reach Jesus. They knew that he needed Jesus. He needed a miracle. He needed a breakthrough. They knew that he did not have the strength to walk by himself to get there. So they came together, four of them, and they said, We cannot leave our friend here by himself. We cannot let our friend die in depression. We will not let them die in debt. We will not let them commit suicide. We will not let them go down in their business. We will not allow their relationship, their family to go down. We will carry them up. We will carry them up. You need a community of people who will believe in you, who love you, who want to see you prosper, who want you to be well. They carried the man, four of them, saying, if one of us is down, we are all down. The problem is that when we have communities that are trying to kill us, when we have communities that are trying to kill us, you need to note the community sense because I'll give you several C's as we go. But sometimes we are surrounded by people who do not want our wellness. We are surrounded by people like the man who was in John chapter 5. And he says, while I am coming, another goes ahead of me. Sometimes we have communities of people who are malicious, people who will undercut you, people who you introduce to somebody else and they have gone ahead of you to take the deal Oh Lord, no, let me stick to the scriptures. Let me stick to the scriptures. I don't want to do stuff that some other people are anointed to do. Glory be to Jesus. I just preach the gospel. But the, the community around you will determine your health. That's what I'm trying to say. The community around you will determine your sense of health. If the people around you are competitive and they're, uh, and, and they're malicious and they're always trying to undercut you, you will completely be stressed every day you need a community that can bear you up glory be to jesus christ you need people who can bear you up so the scripture says four people came bearing one when they could not come in because of the crowd they uncovered the roof they uncovered the roof can the people around us uncover roofs for us can they sacrifice lay their life down for us can they take the bullets for us can they take the mud for us?
Glory be to God. I was sitting somewhere on Friday. I just come from meeting this friend of mine. We had had a long meeting with him. Then I went to meet somebody else. It was supposed to be a business meeting. So when I, when I sat with this uh, second gentleman that I was meeting on the Friday, we're sitting here. So he introduces me to another gentleman. He said those, that was his business partner. And so we just got to get to know each other as we were going on. So his business partner started talking about a show that they were doing. And then he mentioned that there is this name that came to them that they needed somebody to come and talk over there. And people had suggested they were thinking about somebody. But then there are some people who had issues with that. Now, the person that he's, he had mentioned was the person that I had just met that morning, who is a friend of mine. So I asked him, are you running a show? And uh, he said, yes, we want to do this. But then we wanted to have this guy. But there are people who were saying this. So I said to him, you know, anybody that rises will always have people who do not like them. Anybody that rises will always have people who have their own side of the story. I said, but this gentleman that you're talking about has been in one place and the other and the other. And so if there are any issues, those issues should have come up. So I said to him, I'm, I'm meeting him like we are talking really for the first time. I said to him, you need to get him on. You need to get him on. His partner was saying he should get me to go on to that show. I said, that guy, you take him. Yesterday, the man tells me, those guys, they called me. Because if you're going to be somebody's friend, you must be willing to uncover the roof, even if it may seem like you will be misunderstood. I don't know what the other people were saying about this guy. I don't know what they were saying about him. It is so easy then to try and self-preserve yourself because you do not want to be in a place where people will misunderstand you, so you actually deny your friends. You don't need such a community around your people who go by what is politically correct you need certain people who if it means that they need to uncover the roof they will uncover the roof for you glory be to god that they are so committed to your wellness if it means they're going to give money they will give the money if it means they need to make phone calls they will make phone calls if it means that they have to say like the good samaritan that whatever he spends extra I will pay whatever they need to do. They are so committed to your wellness that they will not leave you dying right there knowing that there is a solution. Glory be to Jesus Christ. So, when they came near, they could not uncover the roof where it was. And they broke the roof. They broke it. And then they let down the bed where the sick man lay. They let it down. Do you have the community that can bear you up number two question that i need to ask are you somebody's community that can bear him up are you the kind of person that somebody knows that if they're sick of palsy you can carry them along are you somebody's community like that and do you have that of that kind of community now the truth is you can only attract what you display you can only attract what you display. If you are loyal, you attract loyal people. If you are reliable, you will attract reliable people. If you are dependable, you will attract dependable people. You want that kind of community around you? Be somebody's community that they know. If I ever cannot make it in life, this person will not leave me down there. Glory be to Jesus Christ. There's a friend of mine last year. I would call him randomly all the time. I just call him. And, and probably he might even be watching right now. And he told me, he said to me one time, he said, you know what? Those your phone calls used to come to me 
moments when sometimes I was thinking of committing suicide. And he would tell me, 2019 was so hard for me. It was so hard for me. I would just call this guy from nowhere. We would go hang out. We would have absolutely no business even meeting. But I just call him and say, can I pick you up? Can we go somewhere? Let's go and hang out. Let's go and do this. And he told me, 2019 was so difficult for me. I was on the verge of committing suicide so many times. And say, every time I had these thoughts, then your phone call would come. We need to be that person for somebody else and then we will attract that person around us. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. As much as there is the element of social distancing, isolation and all of that, ladies and gentlemen, do not cut off the sense of community. Do not cut off the sense of community in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise be to God. So when Jesus saw their faith, their faith, this man did not have faith. It is the people around him who had faith. Their faith. Glory be to Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, son, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Good to see you, Vilma Okwengu. Good to see you. Tuned in from Uganda, Josephine Mumo, Pastor Joe, tuned in. Uh, tuned in as well good to see each and every one of you now when jesus saw their faith he said son your sins are forgiven praise be to god harriet zawadi good to see you as well but i want to bring an element today in proverbs 18 proverbs 18 because we have to be that kind of a person to somebody else Hallelujah. You will think that you have so much pressure because you've not spoken to the next person. I had a hospital visit earlier on this morning and I was encouraging somebody. I, I needed to be sensitive to them because they've had, they've had the parent in hospital for about two weeks, has undergone surgery. It's been such a stretch over time. And so... I needed to be sensitive to them while they were going through all of this. But today, I was talking to them. I said, you know, I remember when my mother was laying in hospital like this, we would be there like nearly 24 hours. And I'd have to be there uh, till late in the night and then go home. And then at, in the morning at 3 a.m., then my brother, who would have been spending the nights in hospital, the nurses were doing nothing. My, my family just took over. I said, my brother would text me at 3 a.m. Then I go and pick him up and then comes back home. And then we prepare the breakfast and then take it to her and sit by the hospital every single day. And each doctor coming in and then they say, let's test for this and let's test for that and let's change this. And we're changing medication and we're changing the diet and we're changing this and nothing completely would be working. And we would be doing that over and over like for two weeks plus and i would be sitting at the bench not moving not leaving we were totally stuck over there and she's not talking she cannot talk and when she tries to talk her voice is not loud enough she is totally weak and the pain is excruciating and i was saying to her you know what i don't want to diminish where you were at right now but i need you to know you're in a better place because your mother is able to talk and she's a bit strong right now and the surgery has been performed. I say, at least she was at a place where that surgery could be performed because I could see this was weighing down this person. And because I have been there before, I could come in and make them see as much as it is tough 
But there is still something to thank God for in that particular situation because that makes me part of the support system of this person. I'm only giving my examples because I don't want to give anybody else's examples. Glory be to God. It's not about trying to blow the trumpet. Glory be to Jesus. But so I had to, I said to her, you know, at least she's in the place where this can happen and she's strong. Then I said to her as well because her father was there. I said, it is so good to have a father figure if you were doing this by yourself you would totally be distraught i say it's so good that your father is involved in all of this if you did not have that stability of this man around here while you're dealing with the issue of the sickness of your mom it would be worse to you you see when you hear that somebody else has been where you were you receive strength then you know it is not just you but when you isolate yourself every problem becomes peculiar when you are totally isolated every problem becomes peculiar i was dealing with an issue over my last son i was dealing with an issue that my wife and i were stressed about we were worried about we were thinking so much about until i had somebody's story who had had a worse situation while dealing with their son and I sat with this guy, and he's, he's a radio host, and he's a Christian as well, and something. And I listened to him, and I said to him, you know, just you talking about what you went through with your son has given me hope over what I'm going through with my son. When you are totally isolated, your case becomes peculiar, it becomes impossible. But when you're connected to people, you will find somebody who has overcome the situation you're going through. You will find somebody who lost money before. You will find somebody whose business went down. You'll find somebody who lost a job and started a company. You will find somebody who used to just, who was addicted and has broken addiction. You'll always find somebody who has dealt with what you're dealing with and it gives you energy because communities are supposed to give you energy. Glory be to Jesus Christ. Community is supposed to give you energy. When you don't have that sense of community, you have to find your own strength. Now, Proverbs 18 and verse 24. The scripture says, A man that has friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. A man that has friends must show himself friendly. Sometimes people will say, you know, reach out to somebody, get to know how they are doing. Somebody might be going through tough times and if they're too quiet, reach out to them. And that is true. But then again, you can imagine if the four men came to carry the man and he refused to be lifted. If the four people came to help the man and he refused to be helped. If the four people came in and said, let's take you to Jesus, and he refused to be taken there. Sometimes, it's not that we don't have people around us. Sometimes, it's just that we are not friendly to the people around us. We have friends, but we are not friendly. They are reaching out to you. They can tell you've been quiet for so long. They are reaching out to you, and you refuse to talk to them. They are trying to come to you. You find every reason to block them from reaching to you. Then when something happens, people say, did they not have friends? Nobody knows that their friends tried. Nobody knows that their friends tried. One of my saddest stories, and I give it, uh, I, I talk about this story several times, because one of my saddest stories is a gentleman 
that we used to have and he was ministering and he was not very good with communication. So when he would be missing out on coming in for service or for ministry, he would not communicate and it would go for so long. It would go for so long. And so one time I had this talk with him. I said, man, I understand sometimes you're not around, but just communicate. And he said, I will change it. So we were doing something. The first year of church, we were doing something. Uh, and it was part of the music group. Then when we were done, it was a concert. And then he said to everybody else, see you next year. It was the end of the year. And so he said, see you next year. And because it was his custom to go for long without communicating, when we got into the second year, he had not come back January, February. So I was asking, where is so-and-so? And they said, but he said, we'll see him this year. What we did not know is that this gentleman was actually in hospital just because he never would communicate. So people thought, he's just okay. He never communicates. We did not know the gentleman was in hospital. He was going through so much pain. He was in so much trouble, but nobody knew. When he came out, he was very angry. He was very bitter with everybody. In fact, he left church. He was so bitter. So I was being told by one of the friends, say he was not happy that when he was sick, nobody visited. I said, but he did not talk to anybody about it. So I called one of the leaders who was a close friend to him. I said, how come this situation was here and then nobody mentioned? And now this guy is upset. Now he's talking so much. Now he's saying a lot of things. So I called the gentleman. And he said, no, it's okay. I have no problem with anybody right now. It was just painful at that particular point. I said, you see, this is why I was saying to you that you need to be communicating so that when the pattern breaks, we can quickly tell this person is quiet. There must be something that is wrong. But we can assume that you're okay, yet you are dying. And because you're not communicative, you have friends, but you're not friendly. You have friends, so they don't know. You know, some of you live in places where your neighbors don't see you for two weeks. So even if you died in there, the only thing that will make them know you are dead in there is when the stench begins to come. Because they never know that you live there. There's absolutely no way anybody can know that you are in there. Things can happen to you without anybody knowing. The scripture says a man that has friends must show himself friendly. Most people are angry with people that they never open the door to. They never allowed those people to reach out to them and help them. They never allowed the people to come and have a sitting with them to talk with them. Then they are angry. And then you will see people say, you know, the only person you can trust is God. God says it is not good for man to be alone. God knew you needed people. So you don't completely isolate yourself. And then you get angry with people, yet they could not find entry. Glory be to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. A man that has friends must show himself friendly. And there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I'm going to pose right there for today. One hour exactly. I'll pose there for today. And we pick it up on the Thursday. We pick it up again on the Thursday. Because my prayer is that even as you prosper in your soul, your emotions will be well. That you will come out of this season of COVID-19 well. You will come out whole. You will come out completely well. In the name of Jesus. Depression will have nothing on you. You are not going to break down in this season. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Praise be to God. 
Praise be to God. A man that has friends must show himself friendly. Nobody will push a car to begin or to start if the car won't start. Anytime you're stuck in the mud or anytime your car can't start, uh, the older cars, which are the manual cars, if people were pushing, they will ask you, have you put it on the neutral gear? Have you put it on neutral gear? Because no need for people to be pushing when it is on parking gear. And sometimes, sometimes we have kept it on parking. Everybody's trying to push you. Everybody's trying to help you. Everybody's trying to love you. But you have put it on parking. You have decided, I am not going to receive anybody's love, attention, appreciation. I'm not going to receive the affirmation. And guys get frustrated and begin to walk away. I want you to be the kind of a person that a community can form around. I want you to be the kind of a person. Some of you may have been wounded and hurt before, but you need to open the door to a few people that God and the Holy Spirit will guide you to and will allow you. Sometimes you have all these pains and these wounds and you shut everybody out. Well, you may be justified because of what you have experienced, but the only way to heal is for you to confront the thing that you have dealt with before. And it may mean that you need to open the door to new friendships to new opportunities, to people in your life again. As they come in, you probably will begin to believe in the, you will believe in the sacredness of humanity again. You will meet somebody, you will meet another person who may not, uh, who will not betray you, or somebody who will not undercut you, somebody who will not do something, and you will have belief again in humanity. We cannot just be saying that people are like that. No, there are other people who are different. And I pray that this week, probably if we will extend it, we'll get to know, but I pray that this week God will be able to heal you so that you can become part of a community. So you are not just sound in your mind, but you also sound in your emotions. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. Glory be to God. Wamboy Murage, God bless you as well. Bianita Ogola, God bless you as well. I hope that the word of God has ministered to you. Uh, it may be morning where you were. Oh, glory be to God. Pastor Ambrose Malili saying, I just joined. Well, you'll be able to receive it again. Wow. Bishop Kefa, oh my. Oh, God bless you, sir, for just coming on onto our broadcast over here. Praise God. It encourages us when, when, when the bishops come on just to encourage us in what we are doing. Thank you, sir, for coming and for joining us. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. So my prayer for you, my prayer for you this week, you will allow God to heal you in your heart and in your emotions, and you will allow God to place you in a community. We'll talk about this more because you need the community of your family. You need a community of friendships. You also need a church community. I know you have a job. I know you have all of that. But Adam had that when God said it is not good for him to be alone. Don't just say that because everything is working at work, you don't need anybody. You will realize that you need people. When you come back from the victory of naming every animal, you still need to get back and have the three things that I talked about. Acceptance, acknowledgement, and accolade. But if you are there, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. The first place you need to start a proper relationship today is with the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to give you this opportunity to make it right with your maker. I want you to say after me, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I believe you are the son of God. I believe you came in the flesh. 
I believe you died for me. I believe that you rose from the dead. I believe you ascended to heaven. And I believe you are seated at the right hand of the Father. I believe you are coming again. And so today, I confess you to be my Savior, my Lord, and my God. If you have made that confession right now, you are born again. You are no longer on your own. And you are not in the community, the family, or the kingdom of darkness. You are now a child of the Most High God. You are a child of God born of the Spirit, not born of the flesh. Translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Glory be to Jesus Christ. Everything has become new for you. Old things have passed away. I want to pray with you, but I will tell you three things that I want you to do. Number one, text us, send us a message, let us know that you've given your life to Jesus. Number two, share that with your friends, your family, the people around you. Let them know you gave your life to Jesus. Number three, get yourself a Bible and begin to study the word of God just to know about this Jesus in whom you have believed and the faith which you have received today in Jesus' mighty name. Father God, bless everyone who has given their lives to you today. I thank you because you who have started a good work will cause it to come to fruition and pass in Jesus' name. So establish them in the faith. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. I pray lead them to people who will help them grow and feed and serve and glow in your glory. In the name of Christ, I have prayed. Amen and amen. Having given the life to Jesus, I would like us as well, the rest of us, to give our offerings to the Lord right now. Take your offering, your tithe, your gift that you have. And we want to give to the Lord today, to the glory of God. Praise be to Jesus. Apostle Stephen Musioka, God bless you as well. We want to just give to the Lord right now. The pay bill is 655125. For each and every one of you who wants to use the pay bill, Pay bill is 655125. Indicate whether it is a tithe or your offering or it is any other gift. And if you want to do direct M-Pesa, you want to do direct M-Pesa, you can do that to plus 254-721-556-159. For those who are watching from abroad and you'd like to, uh, you know, just sow a seed into the ministry, give an offering, you want to be a part of uh, our online ministry and what we're doing right here, the number is the same plus two five four seven two one five five six one five nine for both wave and world remit you can use the same number plus two five four seven two one five five six one five nine for wave and world remit glory be to jesus christ i pray for the rest of us i pray for wholeness in your soul in your mind i pray for healing for you those of you who are not relating right now because you're wounded you are hurt you have burdens that you're carrying i pray right now that the lord will heal your soul he will heal your emotions in the name of jesus christ i pray even to those who have given that the blessing of the lord will cover you overshadow you it will uh, flow in your life greatly in jesus mighty name amen and amen before i close this that i was teaching today um, I've just remembered somebody sent me a, uh, somebody sent me uh, a testimony today, and I was teaching about honoring your parents. And this gentleman said to me, he kept on debating and he kept on saying his situation was different. 
his situation was different because he had so many issues with his parents and he said he kept on saying his situation was different but i said that day no matter what it is even if you can't call them you still have the wounds you still have the pain your wound your heart you're angry then text them and he says when he texted them that week that was a sunday on wednesday he was recalled to work he was not supposed to be going back to work he was recalled to work on the wednesday he doesn't work in the country he works outside of the country he was recalled to work and he said even now things have been reduced the numbers of the people the workers have been reduced he's still keeping that job he had so many testimonies but i wanted to bring out that to you that probably sometimes a relationship is the hindrance to your breakthrough something that you are refusing to deal with it may be bitterness it may be unforgiveness it may be this thing that you justify yourself that they really hurt you god knows that people have done that to you but he still expects you to walk by faith and not by your feelings so every one of you who is out over there i have prayed for you that the god that god and the lord will give you the strength and he will give you the ability to make the right decisions and become that person that somebody needs in this season in jesus mighty name tomorrow morning we have morning mist 6 to 7 a.m as usual monday to friday 6 to 7 a.m east african time we have the morning mist on wednesdays which is tomorrow again we've got the winds of worship at 3 p.m we will have a time in the presence of the lord on thursday we get back to this word on the thursday night school of faith and then friday we just wind up with the uh with the morning mist and in the evening 8 p.m we have a zoom meeting with young people the quiver uh, that will be on a social media platform so follow us new birth covenant church the various uh, platforms that we have on social media at nbcc underscore kenya uh, that must be for twitter at nbcc kenya for instagram and then we have the covenant channel both on youtube and facebook as well just follow us on those platforms you will get uh, the notifications and you will get the announcements for every other service that we have it's been a blessing hanging out with you as we get god's word and as we get around the word of the lord today thank you for tuning in and we'll see you again tomorrow morning for the morning mist and later on for wind of worship you can still host a watch party even after this you can share this with your friends share the links with your friends with your family with somebody else that you know needs this word and needs this ministry in their lives today the lord bless you and keep you watch over you cause his face to shine upon you give you peace and as we normally say before we close shalom irene peace and prosperity nothing missing nothing lacking nothing shall be broken in your life amen amen god bless you